JD Talking Sports, Wednesday, February 15th, 2017, the day after Valentine's Day. There's a malaise. A lot of malaise right now. And I'm feeling a little bit upset because I don't know what's going on between Floyd and Connor. I can call him by the first names because I feel I know him so well. Floyd was telling Connor to take care of business with the UFC if he wants the super fight to happen. He said, work on your business dealings with the UFC and then have your people get in touch with my people. I always wanted to say that. Have your people get in touch with my people. I always thought that was kind of cool. Mayweather's 49-0 hasn't fought since 2015. And I thought that was the end of that. No. McGregor talked to GQ and he said, my fist is bigger than his head. He said he will knock Mayweather's head into the bleachers. I sleep, people. Knock his head clean off his shoulders. <laughs> Connor, you speak a lot. You know, you have a very loquacious, you're very loquacious, you're very garrulous. You're a good guy, but you know Ali. And, you know, I'd love to see this fight. I said yesterday on my Instagram, that's JD Talk, Talking Sports, drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, subscribe on iTunes. Love to hear from you. Great fighter. Has backed it up like nobody's business, Conor McGregor. And you could say the same for Floyd Mayweather. I don't think Floyd Mayweather has fought some of the best opponents, but I don't think a lot of guys can touch him because he's so damn fast. I'd be interesting to see how this fight will pan out. McGregor is the younger fighter, but he is not a boxer by trade. And Mayweather has made fighters look ridiculous. And he will fight because, you know what, he's not going to turn on this money. Who would? I wouldn't. Be interesting. It'll be very interesting. And you know what? He's got to back it up. I don't know if he can. We shall see. Also, a blast from the not-so-recent past, George St. Pierre considered the best welterweight ever in the history of UFC. Just is in the process of finalizing a new multi-year contract via MMA fighting. Supposed to compete later this year, probably over the summer. Last year, he said he had expressed interest in fighting Michael Bisping for the middleweight title. I'm sorry, not the middleweight title last year. Still a possibility. Career, he is 25-2 and two out of Quebec, He's been in a lot of movies, too, recently. 35 years old, 12-fight win streak. Last fight was UFC 167, November 2013, when he got a split decision over Johnny Hendricks. After the fight, Dana White said he was going to the hospital. Then he shows up. George St. Pierre shows up at the press conference, leads to a tense meeting with White and CEO, then CEO. They sold it, uh, Lorenzo uh, Fertitta. Supposedly he was ready to come back in June, but the company was sold in July. And then he said he was a free agent. And actually, Dana White said at UFC 200 that we will not see George St. Pierre fight again. I guess that went out the window. Also, you know, October, he declared himself a free agent from the UFC. But obviously, they got everything fixed. Now, they're talking about that right now you have McGregor wants to fight Mayweather. 
Ronda Rousey, you don't know what her future is. Brooke, Brooke Lesnar, Brock, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar retiring. John Jones suspended. They need a name. Is he the name? Hey, you know, great fighter, but he's 35, and Father Time always wins. Always wins. I, you know, should be interesting. My buddy Harris loves him to death. Loves him to death. And who shouldn't? He was a great fighter. It's, I, I have a couple people I'm going to be talking about today. A couple, another uh, a football player is planning on making a comeback who played one of the greatest college football games I ever saw in my life. I'll get to him a little bit later. And Holly Holm. She filed a complaint against the referee Todd Anderson in her fight on Saturday at Barclays at UFC 208. She was twice hit after the bell. And she's she's filed a complaint because she said Anderson did not separate the two, and it led to the punches. And she feels that the car she lost unanimous decision. It was forty eight forty seven. There should have been a point taken away. It could have been a draw. She's on a three fight losing streak. I don't think they're going to change it to Jermaine Durandamy. I don't think that's going to happen. But we shall see. And they said there was a couple fights on the card that. Anderson Silva, who hadn't won since 2012, he got the win, and they feel that he was actually beaten in the fight. And a couple other questionable calls. Almost everyone except one went to decision. So it wasn't a great car, but they said that Brooklyn will get another fight. But yeah, I mean, hey, I'd love to see George St. Pierre come back, but he's 35. Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather... They should fight. The money's going to be ridiculous. I guess we will see, you know? I mean, only time will tell, right? Only time will tell. And how about the Nets? The Knicks are actually playing right now. They are winning against OKC at OKC. They were up 39-27 after one. But I will get to them a little bit. The Nets fall to 9-46. and I'm sorry, 9 and 47. Bucks improved to 25 and 30 at 129, 125, 129, 125 win for the Bucks over the Nets at Barclays. The Nets 16th straight loss at home. They have not won at home in 2017. 14th straight overall. The Greek Freak had 39, 33 points, 9 rebounds. Brooke Lopez, 36 points, 8 blocks. Rondé Hollis Jefferson had three points, but then 10 rebounds, four assists. The point guard, Dinwiddie, he had he had a monster game today, man. You know what? Good for them, right? Good for, good for the Nets, man. I, you know, I got to say, I'm kind of happy how the Nets played today. But Spencer Dinwiddie, who was taken out of the starting lineup, and Isaiah Whitehead was switched over. They went back to Dinwiddie. 27 minutes, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. Bogdanovich had 14 for the starters. And then the bench, you had Booker with 18 points, 5 rebounds. Harris, 14 points off the bench. Whitehead had 7. Kilpatrick had 7. This is the thing. Nets... Allowed the Bucks to shoot almost 57% from the field. 715 from three. 
The Bucks outscored them by 68-50 in the paint and 27-14 on fast break points. That's that's the difference right there. The Nets did shoot 52% from the field and over 30, almost 39% from threes, 14 to 36. But they can't get that win, man. I mean, they're playing tough, but damn, nine and 47. But Jeremy Lin should be coming back after the All-Star break, and that would be good for them. Hey, Carmelo wanted some time off, wanted to go to a warm place over the All-Star game. He is not. He is going to the All-Star game. Adam Silver called him today, said, we need you. He's going. And he doesn't see himself going to a different team after the trade deadline. Okay. All right. Hey, good for you, man. Now, they're only three games. They're 23 and 33, the Knicks. Only three games behind the Pistons, who are looking to move some players, but they haven't been happy with the offers they've got, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But Billy Hernan Gomez is actually going to play on the world team with Porzingis at the All-Star Weekend. And in the last 14 games over the last month, Hernan Gomez, 10.1 points, 9.7 rebounds in 21 minutes. He leads all rookies over 54, 54% from the field. Now his pick-and-roll defense is one reason he is not on the floor more Poor Hornacek. He feels that uh, Noah, Joakim Noah, is the better defender, but he says Hernan Gomez... Ability to make plays, and he sees the court well and rolls hard to the basket. And I say, you know what? The more he plays, the better he'll get. And it's, you know, going to All-Star Weekend is going to kind of boost his confidence. I think that's going to be a good thing. And I thought this was an interesting. Draymond Green take on the Oakley incident. He said, a slave master mentality, that's ridiculous. You know what? He speaks, he speaks his mind, Mr. Green. I guess everybody's chiming in. I, have, I don't know what to say on that front. I just wanted to report it to you, and I thought that was an interesting a slave master mentality. Hey, I am not a fan of James Dolan as an owner. I don't know if I'd use that exact terminology. I would just use it as a guy with a big ego. And he made a very egregious mistake with the whole Oakley incident and having arrested and taken out of the arena and then saying he's banned forever. But now he's back, supposedly. Well, not right now. He's waiting for the... The waters are still high around Mr. Oakley's waist. He's waiting for the water to recede before he heads back to the garden. But it will happen eventually. And Derek Rose, disappointed with his first half of the season, he says playoffs are reachable. Over 17 points, over four assists, over almost... I mean, four rebounds, almost four assists a game. He said he's let down by his timing and turnovers. Now, he's only averaging 2.5 turnovers per game, which is down from his average of 2.9 per game. But he's also playing a different system, which is light on the pick and rolls. And he doesn't, you know... He said he doesn't care about his stats as long as he's on a winning team. Well, they're not on a winning team, but he feels, hey, you know, they can make some noise. He said the Mavericks won the title back in 2011. Bit different team, different team. And the triangle spacing completely different from what he ran with the Bulls. Understandable, understandable. Hey, Carmelo got a shot of Viagra, basketball of Viagra. He has 19 points so far and 7 of 8 shooting after the first quarter. Keeps that up. What does that come out to? 72 for the game? 
I'm sorry, 76. Keep it up. Yeah, you know what? They said that he might be trade bait, Derrick Rose. I'd say leave him alone. I'd say leave the team alone. I, I don't know what, you know, he could be gone next year. Anyway. I don't think, supposedly they want to resign him. Now I'm not sure if they want to. You got to give Hornacek time to get the team playing the way he wants to play. And it would be nice to get a win in OKC. That means he'd be dispersed. They'd go uh, two for zero against Texas, beat the Spurs at home, beat OKC on the road. It's still early. Still way early in the game. Way, way early. They're up by 15, but they're up by 15, 49-34. Let's see if Carmelo's at 19 points. You have Rose with nine. You have Courtney Lee with nine. Westbrook already has 11 points to lead the Thunder. Hey, it'd be nice to get this win. Still a a lot of basketball left to play. A lot of basketball left to play. And Pistons, as I said, are exploring trade market for Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson per ESPN's Zach Lowe. Now, Pistons, unfortunately, disappointed with the potential return. Drummond is only 23. He was the ninth pick in the 2012 draft. Drummond went to... Pretty sure he went to... Sorry, I wanted to. I, I, you know what? I didn't look up. I know he was a. I, th- I thought he was. I thought he was a. You know, yeah. You know when you you, you get you, you have a you have a thing in your head, and you're like, wait a minute. I know he played for. He played for he he played for G Town. You know what? Man, I totally blank. UConn. I thought he went to Georgetown. Wow. Well, this year he's averaging over 14 a game, 14 rebounds a game, free throws now, which he's atrocious at. He's hit from 35% up to 44%. And Reggie Jackson, who was just traded from, he was on Oklahoma City, and already the T-Wolves, Orlando, and Pelicans are interested in him. He's He's gone down from over 18 a game, to 15 a game this season, and all his numbers have gone down from last year. And I've heard he also missed the first month with an injury, and I haven't heard good things about him as a teammate. Caused a little friction when he was with Durant and Westbrook in Oklahoma City. Pistons are 26-30, and 8th in the East, game ahead of the Bucks. They finished 8th last year and got swept by the Cavs in the first round. Not the kind of year you, you, you'd be happy with. I don't know. I, I don't know why they want to get rid of Andre Drummond. He's a guy you'd be, you build a piece around. Now, Reggie Jackson, that's another story. And this draft is coming up. Some guys that they could take in there. I think a lot of guys, a lot of teams want the kid out of UCLA, Lorenzo Ball, which I think they should. But there are some good guys coming out this year. There's going to be some underclassmen coming out. It feels like every year teams are looking for that one guy to put him over the edge. And there's a lot of good young talent in the league. But Pistons just haven't been good in a long time. I miss the days of uh, Duke Mars, the Bad Boys, Isaiah Thomas, the Microwave, Lambeer, the Worm. Those were good days, man. And I thought this was interesting. Yogi Ferrell 
who recently got signed to a multi-year deal with Dallas after starting the year with the Nets, going to the D League and picked up and blowing up with the cat with the, I'm sorry with the Mavs when he started with them. He said about uh, Coach Crean from Indiana. He said, "I thought I like this a lot." He said he used to tell us to be a 365 day guy. Whatever you did throughout the day, if it you know made sure you got better at your game in school or as a person. And he said that Crean brought it every day at practice games, film sessions, everything they did. He said, better yourself as a human being. I thought that was, I, th- I like that. I really like that a lot. And how about this? Kevin Love was replaced through, per Tyrone Liu, he played the last three games on the injured left knee that required surgery. So he was trying to tough it out. I don't know why he kept playing on it. Now he's out six weeks. If he would have went out earlier, would the time off be a little different? Maybe just thought he had to want to show everybody how tough he was. Well, now you're at six weeks. I don't know if that was the best thing to do. What do you think? Not the best way to handle the situation. But that's just me. Yeah. I wonder what Ryan would think on that situation. And I, and Ben, too. I need to get some people. I want to get some of my NBA people. Get their opinions on how they feel the season's going. I need to get that happen very soon. Very soon. And Forbes, most valuable teams. Knicks, worth the number one, $3.3 billion. Lakers are second worth three billion. It just asked you hear these numbers. Warriors are third with two point six billion. Bulls fourth two point five billion. Celtics two point two billion and Clippers sixth at two billion. How about that? So the two teams in LA are worth five billion dollars total. It's just it's like monopoly money, like freaking monopoly money. I, I'm just like blown away. I mean, that's crazy, right? Three point three billion for the Knicks, and they suck every year. They suck every year. It kills me. NC State, now, a little college basketball. We've got to talk about, my, talk about my Tar Heels. NC State head coach Mark Gottfried said his job could be in jeopardy, could be fired this week if they get pounded by North Carolina per source. Coming to, uh, game tonight was at NC State. Well, NC State lost 97-73. Is that a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an ass whooping? Yeah. Six years at, you, at NC State. Godfrey, 122 and 81, 601 winning percentage, made 21st four years tournament, first four years, 16 and 17 last year, 14, I'm sorry, 14 and 13. Now, 3 and 11 in the ACC. Joe Barry, Joe Barry the second, led UNC with 18. Dennis Smith had 27 to lead NC State. I think he might be, might be on the way out. James Harden, another triple double. They lost to the Heat 117-109, 38 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists. Hassan Whiteside, 23 points and 14 rebounds to lead the Heat. How about that, James Harden? James Harden is a damn beast. And they still lost. They lost. Wow. Unbelievable. Knicks are up by 16 in the second quarter. 54-38 now. That is crazy. Anthony is 20. Rose 11. I just like checking Westbrook stats. No rebounds, but 11 points, 5 assists already. Triple-double might not happen tonight. And now, baseball. Now, I know, I know you know, it's it's here. And I know we get kind of excited about it. I just read that Phil Hughes kept the rib from the surgery he had this past offseason, this last year. Kept the rib. Did Matt Harvey keep the rib, too, when he had that taken out? I don't know. I had a... Peanut had a tennis ball. She swallowed a mini tennis ball, and I kept it for a while. And then I go, why the, 
why the fuck am I keeping a tennis ball? <laughs> Get rid of the damn tennis ball. Oh, I, my parents love CSI. So we were watching CSI and then they had a crossover episode with CSI New Orleans. That show isn't even terrible. It was it was painful. It was it was beyond painful to watch. I, I left a couple times and I didn't it wouldn't end. It would not end. Torture. I just gotta say, please don't ever watch that show. CSI New Orleans. And Scott Bakula, I like a lot. Necessary Roughness, great movie. If you've never seen it, well it's cheesy as hell. But it's funny. Wow. Just terrible. Yankees could have as many as five starting players under the age of 28 on opening day. And most certainly, one member of the pitching rotation older than 29, CC 36. Could be a younger team, man. And the two spots in the rotation could go to any five pitchers. You got Luis Severino, Adam Warren, Chad Green, Luis Cesar, and Brian Mitchell. And at least that many will audition for the final two spots in the bullpen. Now, which, you know, is good. I want you. I want youth out there, and all these guys. Well, Severino pitched better out of the bullpen. Warren had a couple of games. Chad Green had a couple of games. They all did. Mitchell came back late in the season. He had broke his toe. And CC, hey, he said he wants to keep playing after this year. Of course he does. What else is he going to do? Now, leadoff is going to be either Brett Gardner or Jacoby Ellsbury, and whoever leads off, they're not sure where the other is going to hit this year. Still early. First spring training game is February 24th. And they're all reporting early because of the World Baseball Classic, which starts in early March. And you have Didi Gregorich. He's going to play for the Netherlands. Betances is going to play for the Dominican Republic. And Tyler Clipper is going to play for the U.S., which means that Glaber Torres, their top-rated prospect, who looks sensational from what they said. I mean, come on. It's just the first day of camp, really, early camp. But he's excited to be there. They said that he's much more mature. They're probably going to start the year at AAA. Trenton, they're trying to say maybe, hey, he'll go play at second base. He says, I see myself as a shortstop. The Venezuelan player. Yeah, he's from Venezuela, which my friend's wife is, Sabrina. So, could never been, but I would like to go. And, hey, I, I love the youth movement. You got Tanaka, third straight opening day, start. And then you have Michael Pineda and CeCe. And Tanaka, all free agents. Could be, well, definitely Pineda and CC and Tanaka can opt out after the season. And Patances has not shown up yet. He is uh, going to salary, arbitra- arbit- salary arbitration on Friday. He's asking for five. The Yankees are offering three. He made $507,500 last year. He deserves every goddamn penny. Girardi, 10th year, and last year, the contract, I talked about him. He says he doesn't worry about it. He's going to be here for a while. And he said he, the team has put together a roster of young talent and a sprinkling of vets like the last two World Series champs, Kansas City and the Cubs. I really don't think I would compare the Yankees to those two teams. I mean, I, I love the enthusiasm, the optimism, but I still think they're going to need some time to gel as a unit. But I think he might be the guy to t- keep coaching them because I don't know who you'd bring in. I really don't. Mattingly wanted the job. He didn't get it. He seems like he's pretty situated in Miami. Well, you know what the thing is interesting? The Marlins... If they get sold to a new ownership group that's led by Kushner, Trump's son-in-law's brother, one of the Kushners, the Kushner kids, would there be a change of heart? Would they get rid of him? And if that was the case, would he be open? Would he be available next season? I guess it depends on the kind of season the Yankees have. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I'm still thinking about what I think the Yankees are going to do this year. 
I think it's going to be. I don't. I, I think they're. I think they'll be over five hundred, but I don't. I don't see them winning ninety games this year. I think it's going to be another 86, 80, 84 and seventy eight last year. I think. I think it's going to be around that range again. It all depends. It all depends if the young guys gel, and Gary Sanchez playing a whole season. Now the Indians added Edwin Edwin and Carsey and. Encarnacion. You know, you got to say that. That name's, you know, it looks like, you want to say Encarnacion, but it's Encarnacion. Three years, 60 million. DH and first baseman. Last year with Toronto, 42 home runs, 127 RBIs. Only Baltimore's Chris Davis has hit more home runs since 2012. And also, think about this. The Indians, last team to lose a Game 7 World Series, also by one run at home with a winning run at the plate. Casey in 2014 beat the Mets in five in 2015. Indians want to be the same, want to do the same thing in 2017. And as I said yesterday, Alex Reyes will have season-ending Tommy John surgery. Keith Law's number two pitching prospect. That sucks. But it seems like a rite of passage with all these guys. You know, it's like Tommy John surgery is just, it's just more common than it should be. And I thought this was interesting. You got to believe, which was Tim McGraw's slogan, even in his book, it's being used on the walls of the spring training Walls of the Philadelphia Phillies. And somebody put on Twitter, you got it for the Mets. You got to be kidding. (laughs) Now, interesting that he actually pitched longer with the Phillies than he did with the Mets. He made his home in the Philly area. He worked at local TV stations in Philadelphia in the 90s and was a spring training instructor for the Phillies. And actually, he did not pitch for the Mets in 1969 when he said you got to believe. Yeah, but he but he did for the Phillies pitch for the Phillies against the Royals had a win, two saves, and struck out Willie Wilson for the final out in their World Series championship. Pretty crazy, right? And then you have David Wright, thirty four, has four years, sixty seven million left on his contract. Team captain missed two hundred forty nine of the last three hundred twenty four games over the last two seasons. Two four. That's a lot of games. Now. They're saying his spring training schedule will evolve daily based on how his body is responding to drills and game action. But Collins wants to get him into game action as soon as possible because he wants to see where he's at. Now, this is the thing. The last time he threw a ball was last May, has been running, hitting, and fielding ground balls. But because of the neck fusion, he kind of had to stay very idle. And he's starting from scratch, they're saying, right now. And they made him stay idle because they wanted the bone fusion to heal after the next surgery. Now, last year, didn't hit for average, struck out a lot, 37 games last year, 226 batting average, seven home runs, 14 RBIs, 137 at-bats, and 55 strikeouts. And also was throwing sidearm from third base with not a lot of velocity on those balls. Now, he's doing shoulder exercise program that strengthens the small muscles, 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 that atrophied after surgery. And he wants to start throwing next week and he wants to be ready for opening day, April 3rd, when they host the Braves at 1.10 p.m. And he had something to say on the domestic violence case against Familia. He said, you know, it seems like guys continue to make that mistake. You know, a mistake that should not be made. And he said, hopefully everybody in baseball, everybody in life in general can see that and hopefully learn from that. And I agree. It's, it's not a good thing. And the Mets did sign Fernando Salas, to a one-year, $3 million contract. He passed his physical, 
with the Mets last year. In 17 games, he went 0-1, 208 ERA, 19 strikeouts. He came over August 31st from the Los Angeles Angels. He also could make a $350,000 in bonuses if he pitches between, makes between 40 and 75 appearances. There's one for each five-game increments, and then it goes from, well, 40, 45, 50, 55, and then 65, 70, and 75. Not bad. I'd like 50000 for doing one, each of those. And back in 2011, this, you know, maybe this will rub against with the Mets, you know, is that 24 saves for the World Series champ 2011 Cardinals. Now, this is not good for the Mets. Zach Wheeler felt tenderness in his arm after throwing bullpen session. They're going to be slow and cautious with him. Thursday, they're going to let him play catch to test the elbow and then a bullpen session. And really, they were looking at him to pitch not a lot of innings this year, maybe max five innings in a starter as a starter. But they're feeling if he plays, pitches as a reliever, that they're afraid it might mess with his confidence, especially since he's never done it before. But that not a good way to start off. But one good thing is Neil Walker said a potential for a long-term deal could happen. I like that, right? What do you think? I love Neil Walker. I think he's a, a good guy for the team. Solid. I just thought that song, Solid as a Rock, Rock. Who is that? Uh, dun, dun. Peaches and Herbs? No. Yeah, I don't know who's saying that. Solid as a Rock. I'll, have to, I'll find it for you, folks. JD Talking Sports, sometimes the drop the G, the brain goes into weird directions. But it's okay. These things happen in life, right? And the Jets just cleared $10 million in cap room because they declined the option, the $10 million option on four-time Pro Bowler left tackle Ryan Clady. Also, they don't have to pay him a $1 million roster bonus. And they now gave him that he can be signed without repercussions. And it, that team doesn't have to give up any compensatory picks. And left, ty- left tackle needs? Hey, this is the thing. He's missed, what, 37 of his last 64 games? You know what's going to happen? He'll go to another team. He'll play all 16 games. He'll make the Pro Bowl next year. And it'll be the curse of the Jets just washed off of his body. I was going to say the Giants, but... Oh, you know what? Eric Flowers is playing left tackle. You know what? Yeah, I take Clady over Flowers. Flowers is a sack-holding... A sack-holding mess. Hot mess. Fiasco. I was thinking of what he's... Yeah, and stands too upright. Hey, I'd give Clady a chance. What the hell? And Malcolm Butler from the Patriots, the world champion. Patriots. Well, the guy makes a Super Bowl interception of a lifetime against Russell Wilson. Wins Super Bowl 49. He's up for a new contract this season. Well, Daniel Levin, whose narrative capital produced Lion, which just came out, nominated for some Oscars. Right? Nominated for some Oscars. Acquire the rights for a biopic titled The Secondary. No distributor is attached, but hey, he's going to get a movie made. Malcolm Butler, this is your life, man. Not bad. And remember before I was talking about a guy who's going to make a comeback? Vince Young hired Lee Steinberg in hopes of making an NFL return. Hasn't played a game since 2011 when he played for the Eagles. Had four touchdowns, nine interceptions. 33 years old. Hasn't played since 2011. 2006, round one pick out of Texas, third overall by the Titans. His career number, I looked him up. I get 46 touchdowns, 51 interceptions, over almost eight, over 8,900 yards, 74.4 passer rating, 
over 1,400 yards rushing, 12 rushing TDs. But this is the thing. In 50 starts, he played in 60 games, 31-19. and 19. He was a winning quarterback, man. And that rookie year, he was pretty damn good. He, I'll tell you, that game against USC, man, still to this day, one of the greatest games, probably the greatest game I've seen. That was He was just magical that night. Oh, and he completed 58% of his passes. I don't, I don't just don't think anybody's going to take a shot at him. Hey, Jets need a quarterback. Why not? Let's take a shot. Now, how about this? Tiger Woods canceled Wednesday's press conference at the Genesis Open after doctors ordered him to just limit. Hey, Tiger, you got to limit all activities. And I said, this, this is the new normal for Woods. This is the new normal. And, you know, some guy I'm going to be rooting for at the Genesis Open. Kevin Hall, who is deaf. He's deaf because at three, he got the H-flu meningitis before his third birthday, went deaf. He's the 2004 Big Ten champ out of Ohio State. He won by 11 strokes in 2004. He hasn't played a PGA Tour event in 11 years. He hasn't qualified. He's won a couple tournaments, but on the out, what, the fringe tours, the fringe tour events, the satellite tours, 34 years old, he he received the Charles Sifford exemption and will tee off Thursday at the Genesis Open. 34, African-American golfer, deaf. Go Buckeyes. Go Mr. Hall. I'm watching you on Thursday. I'm, that's, that's cool, man. And Tiger Woods, hey, this is the new normal for you, man. This is your new normal. You have to gotta listen to the body. Hey, I'm glad you're listening to the doctors. Take it easy. Come back strong. I'm rooting for you. I love watching Tiger Woods play. Hey, you know the this, this stuff off the course? We all have done. We all have baggage. All of us. All of us have baggage. Crazy, right? Just crazy. And how about this? College football. Louisiana high school coach says Bama isn't welcome on campus due to not being ethical. Everyone else is 100% welcome. This is Parkway, Louisiana high school football coach David Feaster. He said there's a difference between an offer and a committable offer. It all resolved, uh, revolved around his recruitment of his former LSU, who became an LSU quarterback, Brandon Harris. He says, if you make a committable offer, there needs to be a window where my guy can say, I'll take that offer and, and we'll be done. Now, his guys can go to Bama. He's just not going to help them recruit his guys. And basically, uh, Brandon... Harris was basically invited but wasn't given a scholarship because there were six or seven guys that were offered scholarships. And basically the number was kind of, you know, like I think they were waiting for other people to come through. Well, you know what? He wants he wants solid offers. He doesn't want to say, hey, come here and you'll compete. He goes, no, no, no. I want my kid to have a piece of paper saying you want him. Not that, hey, come down, meet the coach and all that stuff. He wants, you, you want the love. Hey, you made national news. Parkway, Louis, and he has some big recruits this year, but he says, I will not help them. I mean, you know, I'm not, you can go play Bama, but I'm not going to help you recruit my boys. All right. I think Nick Saban uh, is still getting the pick of the litter. We were talking today, Carol and I, how it's like Gino Oriyama, pick of the litter, Nick Saban, pick of the litter. Even after losing this one, he's still, who doesn't want to play every year competing? Who's it? You think Clemson, okay, two straight national championship. They did Deshaun Watson. They don't have the quarterback anymore. Whereas Nick Saban just keeps restocking, restocking, reloading the barrel and just 
shooting for the sky. We were shooting for the stars, man. Amazing. All right. Now, trivia question from last show. Most yards receiving by a wide receiver in a postseason game. Now, I didn't, this kind of, I was kind of surprised about this. Eric Moulds, Buffalo, January 2nd, 1999. They lost to Miami 24-17, but Moulds for the Bills had nine catches, 240 yards, touchdown, a long catch of 65 yards, and they and they lost, they lost the, they lost the game. How about that? Is that crazy? So 240, that's the, Eric Moulds has the most receiving yards by a wide receiver in a postseason game ever ever Eric Moulds I liked watching him play tall lean big tall tall dude okay tonight's trivia question what NBA team has the largest point differential in one season what NBA team had the largest what NBA team okay what NBA team has had the largest point differential in one season all right Hey, Knicks, anything's possible. They can come back, get the win tonight, right? That'd be good. I think that'd be sweet. They get the win tonight, good things can happen, right? I was going to check the score for all of you before I get off the air. So slow. The Knicks are in a... Knicks are up. Wow. Wow. Knicks are losing 60-59 with 18.5 seconds left in the second quarter. They were up 54-38. They have been outscored 21-6 to since I last reported to you. That's why the NBA is, like the NFL is not for long, the NBA is, yeah, your lead is NFL, not for long. That didn't rhyme well. You know what, on that note, it's time to go. Have a good night. <laughs>